Citizens, you're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us today. I am your co-host, Jay St. G, coming from you live from Syracuse, New York. And always with me, my man, The Fiend from Louisville, Mark. What is shaking, boss? Hey, what's going on, man? Just uh, enjoying a fantastic uh, July 4th weekend. I hope everybody out there is also enjoying it. Uh, I wanted to start off right off the top with uh, one of my favorite actors, Mahershala Ali. We got the news the other day that he's going to be starring in a six-part miniseries on HBO on the life of uh, Jack Johnson. Now, I know that you and I are both uh, huge boxing fans, so yes, I kind of wanted to get your take on it and see how you felt about this. Well, I think this is very exciting because um, Joe Johnson, for those who don't know, he was Jack a... Uh, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> he was a uh, boxer in the, um, in the early 1900s, and he was the first black heavyweight champion. So he broke new grounds in history, new grounds in boxing. Um, you know, obviously no one's really been alive to tell the story right now. So this is really exciting. Um, uh, Mahershala, I think, is going to knock it out of the park. I cannot wait to see. I mean, he's like doing ever since the Green Book. He's been catching all this fire. He's supposed to be He's playing Blade. He's got his other series on Hulu. I mean, he's just busy, busy man, and I cannot wait to see him, um, you know, portray this uh, very significant historical figure, especially in times like these. Absolutely. I 100% I agree with what you just said. I mean, the guy is a superstar, you know, well before Green Book. I mean, you talk about Moonlight and some of the other projects that he's done before. Um, I'm actually a fan of his going way back to a show called The 4400 that used to be on the USA Network back in the early 2000s. Um, I recognized at that time that, you know, we had somebody that was really destined to be a big star and he did not disappoint. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to, you know, all the things that we just kind of talked about, about why he'd be a good fit, one of the reasons that I think HBO really recognized how good he is for this role is that back in 2000, he was in a Broadway production of The Great White Hope, which is the story of Jack Johnson and his first wife. And he played the, the title character, he played Jack Johnson in that. And so I... I haven't gotten an opportunity to see any video of that, but I have no doubt that he, you know, he killed it. And I really think that he's going to do a fantastic job in this. Oh, yes. And, uh, and, and, and plus it's HBO, uh, right. who was prominent for boxing way back when. Unfortunately, HBO boxing is no longer around, but um, there was a time where all the fights, all the best fights were on HBO. Yeah, I then remember. Floyd, then Floyd Mayweather left HBO boxing, and then it was pretty much down. And then Canelo Alvarez left it, and then it was right. it went downhill from there. And then uh, uh, Jack Lampley um, retired, and and then you know, and then the Zone and ESPN pretty much took over, and you know, so it's, it's just interesting <laughs> and that HBO and all that, yeah, yeah, and it's just interesting that HBO is taking this on, and again, 
they have a good history of they have a very good history of miniseries. So I, I'm absolutely ecstatic about this. Uh, like I said, a, a, a peak on a historical figure that you know I know we talk about Muhammad Ali and a few others, but this is way beyond you know Ali's time. Beyond like this is this is huge. This is gonna be really right. exciting. Yeah, going back to I think 1908, I think is when he won mm-hmm. his won his first world title. Mm-hmm. World title, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, adding to adding to why I think that this is a really great move for HBO is Tom Hanks is the executive producer on this. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't see that. A lot of people don't realize that. And uh, well, yeah, that makes think- sense because Tom Hanks didn't he do the was the Band of Brothers? Didn't he produce that yes. one too? Yes. Yeah. You know, he did that, and I think he did. Um, was it from the earth to the moon was the was the one with the astronauts i think uh, he yeah, was involved Apollo, in that uh, one too apollo not apollo 13 but it was apollo uh, right apollo 13 was a film but they had yeah like, i know but but yeah but that that series was, was about apollo 11 or something yeah, i don't remember yeah i think i think you're right um yeah. but but yeah just having you know someone of of that caliber attached to a project like this almost guarantees that it's it's going to be a slam dunk you know, yeah. so, you know, I, for one, am super excited about it. Um, I know it's in a very early stage of development right now. So yeah. we probably won't see it until maybe, you know, 2021, maybe early yeah. 2022. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, as, a, as an HBO subscriber, I'm very glad that, I, I, that I've long since made that decision. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so yeah, we, we can expect to see us in HBO Max, which is exciting. So uh, transitioning, keeping it in the realm of HBO Max um, with the whole uh, Justice League uh, Snyder Cut coming to HBO Max. Everybody, I'm sure everyone's heard the news already. It's been talked about on every single uh, entertainment site and entertainment channel. Uh, Ray Fisher has come out and retracted his comments he made um, during the Justice League um, press tour on Josh right. Whedon saying, I retract everything, all the good things I said about him. And then what I said at the at the press meeting and then the day later, he's saying he was, you know, abusive on set and yeah. <laughs> it's been <laughs> snowballing. The news has been snowballing every day ever since. Right, right. You know, and, and you know, for a lot of people that, that aren't familiar with it, I, I think it was 2017 Comic-Con where he, yeah. you know, someone had asked him what it was like to work with yeah. Josh and he said, Oh well, he's a great guy, and and uh, Zach couldn't have picked a better a replacement. Better, yep. I and all of these things, and uh, you know, just a few days ago, he kind of, you know, put posted that video, posted that particular clip on Twitter, and above it says that I retract the following yeah. statement. So you know, he also went on to say that uh, that Joss was incredibly uh, unprofessional. Mm-hmm. and uh, disrespectful to everyone on the cast and crew. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevin Smith on his show said that uh, he had spoken with someone who worked on, on that film and yeah. said that um, that Joss Whedon was actually um, really disrespectful to Zack Snyder in particular. And yeah, he was laughing about his version yeah. of, of, you know, trashed what was already filmed and things like that and really um, just kind of shaded people that kind of worked on that uh, that part of the film. Yes. You know, which if that's true, I mean, that's, you know, it's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no words for the level of disrespect that, yeah, I, uh, that you could have for- I know there's more to the story and I know people are questioning the timing. Um, I'm gonna have to come out on Ray, Ray Fisher's defense here because 
obviously he had obviously he couldn't say anything. He right. couldn't say anything during. You, you can't say the things he said now um, during the press tour, during you know before the movie's out, during the movie's out, and after. Right. Um. So I, I in defense, I understand why he waited to say it. Obviously, he was pushing for the Snyder Cut. He was one. He was probably the most vocal ones about it. And um, again, if he said any of these bad things, that may that could have prevented HBO Max and Warner Brothers from making the decision for releasing the uh, uh, Snyder Cut. So I understand why he waited to say it. I, I do. And to add to everything you just said, um, and I think this was I think Grace Randolph was the one that talked about this was the. There were scenes um, in Justice League that Josh Whedon pushed for. For example, the scene where um, it was kind of a comedic moment, but I can understand why people were turned off by it. But the scene where the Flash accidentally fell on top of Diana. Right. And that he got off of her and made that face or whatever. And, right. And one of the things was Gal Gadot didn't want to do that scene. So that was her body double that, mm-hmm. that um, Ezra Miller was on top of. Right. And then the other thing that um, some people threw a shit stink about, it didn't bother me, but I, I mean, I'm a guy, but the, <laughs> I guess the the Amazons wore more revealing outfits during the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Themyscira scenes. Right. Um, that wasn't part of the Snyder's plan. Um, that was something that Josh Whedon pushed, pushed was for the Amazons to wear more revealing um, armor, which, you know, revealed their entire stomachs and this, this, and that. And, mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, that kind of goes along with some of the things that I've been kind of reading yeah. about about Whedon. And, and uh, there's actually a website or it might be a, a Twitter page or, you know, like a, you know, a Facebook page, a Facebook group that's uh, it's called Joss Whedon is not a feminist. And, yep. it, you know, and on that, they kind of post these examples of things that Joss Whedon has done in his productions that are very um, misogynistic. For example, he wrote a, you know, he wrote a version of a Wonder Woman script that got leaked right before uh, Patty Jenkins kind of took over the project. And in that, it kind of describes these these uh, scenes that really don't have anything to do with Diana as a, as a character. They're just kind of like these scenes that are designed to be sexy scenes. Like there's a scene where she's like dancing or something like that, very sexily or, or whatever. And, uh, th- you know, things like that. Yeah. And then uh, also, you know, they talk about uh, how Charisma Carpenter was uh, very unceremoniously fired from the, from the show Angel uh, for getting pregnant. Uh, now, I don't know the details of that. I don't know yeah. how much truth there is to it. But, you know, in her own estimation, she kind of said that, you know, looking back, um, once she announced that she was pregnant during the production of that show, that her uh, professional relationship with weed and kind of soured. Yeah. And you could kind of feel that she was being written off the show. Yeah. So when you take those things into account and the possibility that they, you know, that these things could be true and you match those with the sort of unprofessional things that we're hearing about yeah. Justice League, it paints a very interesting picture of him. Yeah, and, and he hasn't done anything since Justice League. Uh, yeah, he really hasn't, you yeah. know. And, you know, it's... I know that he also had, you know, this may not have anything to do with 
with with any of the things that we just talked about but you know he kind of had a fractured relationship with marvel as well and so you know we don't know whether or not that was because he made the actors or people on on the set of those marvel movies um you know uncomfortable or it really was what they reported which was that he was just exhausted and it was just like there was too much yeah for him to kind of deal with which that never really kind of added up to me but yeah you know you know i i'm not in that industry so i, I couldn't tell you um but but yeah it's it's a it's a very interesting turn of events and you know i guess time will tell you know what actually transpired yeah absolutely um but no and another thing too is that now i'm not saying this has anything to do with um the comments that ray fisher had but one of the things was in this upcoming Zack Snyder version that um, Cyborg has a much, much, much bigger role. Right. And he's right, like right. the revolving, like he's like the center of the story, uh, which makes sense because he's powered by the mother box. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Josh Whedon came along, he pretty much shoved, you know, Cyborg to the side, made him more like a sidekick and, you know, he really wasn't that well developed, and it, it, that's wasn't that wasn't part of uh, Snyder's vi- initial vision. So, right. What I'm what I'm curious about is, um, you know, I've heard like kind of conflicting reports about like what actually happened after uh, Snyder left. Right. So, um, I'd heard uh, a couple, of, you know, from a couple different sources that that uh, Snyder was being looked at by warner brothers and they weren't very happy with you know man of steel they weren't happy with batman v superman they really didn't want him for justice league to begin with and that greg silverman actually pushed for him to uh remain the director you know up until you know zach's daughter passed away and he had yeah. that tragedy and he had to leave so i've heard that version of the story but recently i heard that um that wasn't the case and that when Whedon came in, that he actually took a look at Snyder's footage of what he had, so you know the assembly cut of what he had, and yeah. just like it, and decided on his own to kind of to kind of take the wheel and kind of change things. Yeah. So I'm really curious to to know what actually really did happen. You know, thinking about it, I almost wish they would come out with a making of like you know almost like uh you know how with the mandalorian oh, kind of, yeah. like a four-part series that kind of mm-hmm. that, that kind of broke down the making of that show i would love to see a series that kind of just oh man everything from start to finish <laughs> you get a, like a full picture that would what probably really be more interesting than the snyder cut itself <laughs> i think so you know, like I still want to see the the Snyder cut, but I really want to see what happened behind the scenes. Even really- you know, even if like if any of those cast members wrote a book right. about them, oh my god! Like imagine the, how much that would sell and how much we would hear about it. I'd buy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. So, moving on, but keeping it uh, in the in the realm of DC. Um, you know, we just found out recently that Harley Quinn uh, seasons one and two are going to be moving to HBO Max very soon. Yeah. And uh, so that's pretty interesting news, I think, considering that DC Universe 
uh, has been having so many issues lately, you know, from yeah. having the canceled, you know, uh, canceled Swamp Thing series to DC Daily finally ending yeah. and things like that. Yeah, Doom, uh, Patrol. I wanna, yeah, Doom, Doom Patrol going to HBO Max, although you still can watch it on DC Universe. Yeah. Stargirl going to CW. Um, you know, it, it kind of paints a picture that we may be losing DC Universe. Um, but I'm not really sure. I think there may be some other factors at play. But what do you think about it? Um, I, I, again, I just feel like HBO, I, I just think they should just move the whole, um, I just think they should just move the whole thing into uh, uh, HBO Max. And then maybe the, I guess the I guess it's I'm not it's not so much the content and the shows and stuff it's more so like all right well they got the one of the main things about that app is the like you can read all the old comics right that's really the main question I'm wondering here's what I think they should do I think they should move all the shows to HBO Max maybe either and then maybe lower the price of the DC app and just keep the comics in there and um, and maybe DC apps should get first dibs on the, on the shows like, you know, Harley Quinn and Titans and all right. that. They should get first dibs, but they should go to HBO Max eventually. Right. You know, for those who spend the extra five bucks a month, whatever it is, whatever it costs now that they want all the comics and the DC dailies and, the, and this, this and that. I mean, I just feel like the two, I think HBO Max and DC and DC app are like, are like this now. They're like right. they're stuck together. I mean, I, I mean, to have them separate. You know, paying for two separate services is almost bizarre. So, and I, and I'm with I'm with you with that. Um, I have a feeling that we're gonna lose DC Universe, but not really because HBO Max came along. I mean, I know that that's the popular consensus, but I yeah. think that they were having trouble since day one. You know, like they it's really been poorly managed. Um, they have a great uh, amount of curated content. You know, yeah. a lot of the old shows from the 70s and 80s that are DC related. Um, they have virtually every, um, you know, Warner Brothers uh, franchised film, you know, on there. And the documentaries um, are in there are, are really good, too. Yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, there's a short docuseries called The Batman, uh, which is uh, it's it's not narrated but it's two interview it's a series of interviews with uh the late denny o'neill and yeah. with um uh neil neil adams i'm sorry i keep blanking on on people's names but but neil adams who actually did the artwork for batman in the in the 70s so it's basically about how they evolved uh that character from the 60s yeah. to the character that we now know and uh, anyway, that's a great series. But that aside, they've really had—they've really stumbled to kind of find their footing, right? Um, you know, I read this article from uh, a financial an analyst that kind of talked about what they would need to become, you know, a viable streaming service. And what they said was that they would need a minimum of 14 million subscribers with no attrition at the price point that they're at. And they're not anywhere near that. They're probably somewhere around 10, maybe less than 10. And and as people's uh, that ain't, memberships- that ain't bad, though. What's that? 
I mean, that's not a bad number, though. Well, you got to consider you got to consider um, the, the all the financials that go into it. Right. So you've got to think about the fact that, like, you know, every series that they create, every original series that they create is production costs are about 20 million dollars, 20 to 30 million dollars. So you've got to add on top of that marketing costs and, you know, tech costs and things like that to to keep the the channel and the app viable. So, you know, when you add all that in and then you look at how cheap the membership is, you know, it's like 4.99 a month. I think it's well, I take it back. I think it's 6.99 a month or $70 per year or something like yeah. that. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, I, pay, I don't even remember. I, pay, I paid for it annually and I'm on my second year, so. Right, right. So most people pay for it for a year. And what, the, what they're finding is that when that year's up, people are not renewing, right? Because now there's HBO Max and you can watch a lot of that stuff on HBO Max. You yeah. can watch Harley Quinn on Sci-Fi. At least season one, you can watch on Sci-Fi. You know, season one and two are going to be going to HBO Max. Um, you know, probably when they debut season three, that'll go straight to HBO Max. And so what is the real benefit to yeah. having both of those services, right? So, yeah, I kind of think that that they're really not in a in a in a in an area of in in an area of stability of sustainability. And I think it's just a matter of time before they kind of shut it down. Yeah, that'll be a damn shame. Right. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, just, I, lost, I totally lost my, my phone okay. just went off. I mean, I lost my, um, uh, excuse me for a moment here. I don't mean to hold up the broadcast here. My gosh, my. Answer it later. No, no, it's just my screen. My, my screen went black. <laughs> my screen went black and, and I had to like, you know, get my screen back up. All right. So. All right. Okay, so uh, keep it in the realm of uh, streaming shows. The um, now, I find this good news. A lot of people find it bad, and some people are shocked by this news. Some people are like upset by. It. I'm not upset by it whatsoever, but it's um, announced that Netflix is doing one final season of Ozark. Yes, and I'm good with that. And here's why: end it when the show is still good exactly no need to drag it on multiple seasons of bad seasons okay i'm just going to take three similar shows in this in the same these crime shows here i'm, I'm, I'm just gonna pick three of my favorite ones the sopranos okay the sopranos you could argue went too long there are some the late the last few seasons were bad okay there's no defending it sons of anarchy love that show they had a number of stinker seasons and then Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad ended it at six seasons, and the whole thing was great. All yes. six seasons were great. The Sopranos went on for what? Uh, eight, eight, nine seasons? Something like that. And, it went on too long in my opinion. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy went eight seasons. Like, you know, I, I always felt like you, you, the sh good shows don't need to have, you know, The Walking Dead's already in, like, they're well beyond ten seasons now. Like, we don't need some of these shows to go on for like eight, nine, ten seasons. There's nothing wrong with just doing four seasons if all four seasons are great. So I, by this news, I'm I'm okay with it and I'm happy with it that they're so if as long as this, as this final season is just as as good as the third season was, 
you're ending it on a high note as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, and to be frank, I'm really surprised that they're even getting a fourth season. Not that the show isn't great because it's one of my favorite shows. I think I've talked yeah. about it in the past. But, uh, but Netflix has a history of ending even their most popular series at three seasons. It seems yeah. to be the it seems to be like the cutoff point for most of their shows like you look at like the santa clarita diet you look at um geez what uh, what's another one daredevil which was yeah. you know there were other things at play but i think yeah i was, was gonna say there was more yeah there was a lot of factors that came into the play yeah i think they were still planning to end that at three you know um and i'm not really sure why maybe at maybe at like three seasons there's like more like contract re- renegotiations or things like that. Maybe that's a reason. Oh, or maybe it's just like you said, maybe they're just like, you know, we want to like go out while these shows are still hot. So they're memorable. So yeah. we have that as a memorable property. Who knows? But um, personally, you know, when I found out that we were getting a fourth season of Ozark, I was excited but very, very surprised at it. So, uh, you know, the fact that this is gonna be their final season, I think is a, is a good move for the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, just because, uh, it, it, you know, just because the story ends now, as far as a series, that doesn't mean that later on we can't get a, f- a full-length feature film or something like yeah. that down the line so yeah look, look at the sopranos they got a movie coming out a prequel exactly movie. And, you know exactly you know you look at you know you look at some of these other properties that had long-running series like uh, entourage there were two movies sex in the city there was two movies you know so x-files um, right breaking bad you know el yeah. camino so so yeah so you know i i think that it probably is the right move for them to kind of uh, cut it off at four. And, um, you know, I, I, I expect, not that I know anything or anything like that, but I expect one of the main characters to, to, to die in the end, to, to kind of be the... We, we will <laughs> right. see. <laughs> That's my prediction. By the, the, I'm still blown away by the... the... Never mind. I don't want to get into spoilers. If you, if you ever watched, yeah, yeah. I, I hate to spoil anything for anybody, but uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to pull my parents' legs right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling mom, like, mom, dad, you guys have to watch this show. I I mean, I pulled their leg when it came to Breaking Bad. They caved in. Uh, maybe I can get them to cave in for Ozark. I mean, I've been pushing on my dad lately. Um, they they finally got you know they finally have um my Netflix account so they can watch it. So yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, as for to anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, I'm glad. It, I'm glad everybody on Facebook, I just want to say thank you for convincing me to watch it because I, I absolutely loved it and I'm trying to do the same for my parents. So Yeah, I, it's easily the, the best thing that Jason Bateman has ever done. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, and I, I think that cast all the way around, I think yeah. is phenomenal. You know, you've got Laura Linney in there. You know, the guy that plays her brother in season three <laughs> is my favorite character. Like he, he, definitely, he, he definitely threw a wrench into everything. <laughs> he was perfect. Yeah. You know, he's perfect for the role, you know, and it's like not to get into any spoilers or anything. Yeah, I like know. That. I, I, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to dare spoil it for anybody. Yeah, I'm being very, very careful. But, yeah. you know, you know, like it was one of those shows that, 
it didn't really it wasn't like it necessarily like grabbed me like right from season one or anything like that but you know as it as it built you know as it as it went on it started to build and become more intense and more intense and more intense till you get to season three where you're just like i can't stop watching this show yeah. you know and so you know the the um the cast that they that they picked for this i think was absolutely perfect and you know again i really can't wait for this final season absolutely i'm totally with you on that one and you know we'll I mean, it would be disappointing if it's a dull season, but, you know, one bad season out of four, you know, still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I have hopes. I have expectations that this fourth and final season will be good. Right. Me too. Me too. So, um, the, you know, recently you uh, gave me a couple of films to review. And, you know, these were movies that you had seen in the theater that yep. – I didn't get a chance to see because of the pandemic. So uh, they finally made their way to VOD, you know, and some of them have not, some of the ones that you've picked that I've watched, I've just been like, why did you <laughs> waste my time like that? But one of the movies that you uh, recommended that I watched the other day was, you know, you couldn't have picked, you couldn't have recommended a better movie for me. And that was uh, Bad Boys for Life. Um, I loved everything about this movie and I didn't think that I would, right? So I saw the trailers when, when it was, yeah, when it was about to come out, I saw the trailers and I really just thought it was kind of like a rehash, like, oh, it's like a cash. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't impressed with the trailers either when the, when mm -hmm. they first bought I was still I was still excited and I was still planning on seeing because I've been such a fan of the first two movies. Nothing was nothing was gonna stop me from seeing the third movie. And I went and saw it opening night. Uh, absolutely enjoyed it. Um, again, this is one of those rare instances where the part three is actually pretty good. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's more than pretty good. You know, I think they did a really good job of sort of updating the franchise and kind of making it more today, but at the same time, keeping it on brand and keeping it, you know, keeping those characters um, the, the same. And it wasn't Michael Bay either. First two. Yeah, which is a good thing. <laughs> you know, well, they was, gave him a cameo. Um, right. The, the scene at the wedding, which I thought that was pretty funny. And I was like, <laughs> I was probably the only one in the theater that recognized him. I'm like, I. I all over my body, I'm like, you know who that was, right? I was like, that was Michael Bay. <laughs> right, right. And there were some very like Bay-esque kind of scenes mm -hmm. in it where, you know, it was kind of like, you know, you roll your eyes a little bit, but yeah. at the same time, it's like you kind of miss that about like 90s action movies and early yeah. 2000s action movies. So that, that's where he shined was was those movies, like The Rock and Batman. Right. Mm -hmm. Transformers. You know, yeah, all, all I, well, I didn't care for Transformers, but the, but those '90s action movies I, that he did, I enjoyed. Sure, and sure. This third movie, again, they, like you said, they, it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's consistent, but they did, you know, make it, they modernized it. And, right. Yeah. And, and, and of I, course, and I, go ahead. Given how old those guys are, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, where they are at their at their career, it made sense. Sure, and and I think that they made the right decision as far as writing that aspect of it into the story, right? I kind of got notes of like Lethal Weapon 4 in a way, right? So like, you know, you have the scene with, you know, uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter having a, you know, having a baby, 
which yep. is very like on par with Danny Glover, you know, and his daughter uh, being pregnant in Lethal Weapon 4. You know, you have them struggling with the fact that they're becoming older. And yeah. what does that mean? You know, can we keep doing what we're doing? Maybe we yeah. should retire, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, being, you know, a man of a certain age myself, you know, I, I kind of identify with some yeah. of that, you know, so, you know, I really uh, enjoyed that aspect of, of that. And I, and I think that they did it in a way that wasn't forced, that felt very natural, that, you know, where you could see yeah. that these were two guys that had spent decades working together and had become yeah. best friends and what that friendship meant going yeah. forward if one of them decides that they don't want to do this anymore. And speaking of decades of working together, uh, Will Smith has been pretty prominent, pretty active in Hollywood, still in fantastic shape. He'll be better, he'll, he's in much better shape. I'll never be in Will Smith's shape. I mean, right. he, I props to that man. But uh, Martin Lawrence has been out of the spotlight a long time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to come back pretty much out of retirement practice. I mean, I can't think of anything he's been in since, you know, uh, Big Mama House 3, which was terrible, by the way. <laughs> um, but Martin Lawrence has been gone a long time. But when he comes back for this movie, they felt like he didn't, they didn't miss a beat. That, that, you know, the two of them, the chemistry was still there. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I think that they, they have a natural chemistry that I don't think that you can fake. Really. You yeah. Know? I think that, you know, when you get two guys like that together or you get Mel Gibson and Danny Glover or mm-hmm. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, like, you know, there's something there that is natural that that gets, you know, presented on screen where we can tell that these guys are really having a good time and we want to yeah. have a good time with them. And so, you know, I, again, I mean, I just really thought, you know, it was great all, all the way around. You know, even, you know, the, the team that was around them, I think yeah. they called Ammo. You, yep. know, like, you know, you had some, you know, you, you had some, you know. You had and it was necessary. It, it was necessary to have them in there because, again, kind of what we touched, you know, touched upon one of our previous shows is, you know, it's not like passing up the torch, but you got to have, you know, you got these older characters. They need good characters around them to keep the, you know, keep things going, you know. Mm-hmm. You had a great villain too, and in, in Kate Del Castillo, yes. mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, some people might recognize her as uh, uh, the the lead actress in a, a show. It was a novella called uh, Reina del Sur, or, or Queen of the South. You know, we yeah. have an American version of Queen of the, Queen of the South. There, she was the star of the original, and okay. she was also I don't know the entire story, but she was sort of also involved in the capturing of El Chapo. El Chapo was actually a big fan of oh, hers. Okay. He invited her to, to his compound. And, and that was one of the ways that they were able to, to find out where he was. And so, you know, that has nothing to do with this film, but, <laughs> but you know, shout out to her. I mean, she's an amazing actress, great uh, with action, you know? Yep. And I think that it was, it, it, kind of, it kind of gave us a little bit different element uh, you know, as far as a villain goes, you know, with with this franchise, kind of added a new spice to it. I won't say any more. Yeah, than we that. can't. Yeah, we, we, yeah. If you give anything away, we'll spoil the whole movie for you. Yeah, like, yeah. I highly recommend it. Again, it breaks the part three curse. It's just as good as the other two. It's action packed. Um, it's very enjoyable, and the laughs are still there. Yes. Uh, 
I, I enjoyed myself a lot. The movie did not disappoint. Um, and it is. Uh, it was recently announced that uh, they did leave it open for part four. And they are, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence did, in fact, sign a contract to do one more movie. All right. So that'll be exciting. Um, I mean, I wasn't asking for a fourth movie, but if they, if, if, it, if the script works, why the hell not? And now we're hearing rumblings of a possible Bad Boys 4 slash Beverly Hills Cop 4 crossover. It's been, it's been rumored for a couple weeks now. Will it happen? Who knows? Uh, personally, um, I think it could work. Um, I'll just put, put, put my spin on it real quick. Um, most of these Bad Boys movies, it's about these criminals in, in the city of Miami. I don't think it'd be that hard to have some kind of crime lord that's involved in Miami and involved in Beverly Hills, so that way that that the cases can cross, you know, and the and the and you can see the Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and the Eddie Murphy all working together. Certainly possible. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I personally, I'd love to see that. You know, at, at this point, I, I honestly think that it's a rumor. I don't really yeah. see anything that points to that really being in development other than I think there was like a photo of all of them on set one day, you know, like, the, you know, three of them on, on set one day. But aside from that, I don't think that that rumor has any real legs. But that said, if they were to make it, I would not be mad about that. You know, yeah. those are two of my favorite franchises. You know, I, I've loved Axel Foley since I was like 13 years old, wanted to be yeah. him, you know, <laughs> you know, and then when Bad Boys came out and Bad Boys 2, I love both of those films. And now this new one, you know, yeah. if they and Eddie did, Murphy still looks good, too. Right. Well, they yeah, they all do. I think they they're all in in great enough shape to to well, revise the characters. Well, you know, considering Martin needs to hit the gym. But, well, considering, well, you know, considering like the role that they have for him now and kind of the way that he played in this last yeah, one, I think it's true. pretty fitting. So it's not okay. like he really needs to be in, you know, I Am Legend shape or anything like that. He doesn't need to, to uh, you know, be on par with, with Will Smith in that, in that way, unless they write it into the script that like, like uh, they, you know, that they really both, you know, have to do a lot of action. Especially yeah. since they have this this team behind them now, this ammo and, and everything yeah. like that behind them now. If they're written into the fourth film, I think they can do most of the action. If you know Absolutely. what I mean, you know, uh, you know, having you know, aside from you know, maybe Will Smith or Eddie Murphy doing something here and there. But uh, you know, it, like I said, if they really decide that that this is a this is going to be a real thing, you know, I'm here for it. It's just funny because uh, going off topic a little bit, but at one point, men, the third Men in Black, well, not third, but the new Men in Black movie was supposed to cross over with 21 Jump Street. That was actually supposed to happen. Thank God it, it didn't. How would um, that because, work? <laughs> How would that even yeah, work? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that, I, I, I'm glad it didn't happen. Um, I feel it, but in this case, this is a rare case where, I, yeah, that, that could work because... It's two different, two different cities, two different cops. It's not like I said. I don't feel it's beyond. You know, it. I think it would. It would. It would work personally. 
Right. I, I think it. I think it could very easily work, and you know, I. It. it it's. It's almost like, a, like a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you have two hit franchises that could very easily go together. Yeah. And I think they're both universal, right? Um. Yeah, I think Bad Boys was originally Columbia, and then yeah. It started okay. off with Columbia and then it moved, I believe it moved. Okay. Up. Yeah, I might be mistaken, but I thought they were coming out of the same studio. So actually, I take that back. I think um, Beverly Hills Cop was Paramount, if okay. I remember. Yeah, I yeah. think that's Paramount. But, someone, uh, but, someone in the comments will know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone someone knows someone knows way more than us. So if you're watching this and you happen to know, hit us up in the comments. Yeah, let us Let us know. Educate us. Absolutely. You know? Well, yeah, I think either either way, if Bad Boys Four happens, great. If Bad Boys Four happens with Beverly Hills Cop Four, great. I'm 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 good either way. We'll we'll see how it turns out for sure. Right, right. All right. So I guess uh, that being said, uh, again, Marks, thanks for joining me. I, it was a lot of fun. A lot. It was a lot of cool topics to talk about. Uh, we it's just want to say, fun. everyone, I just want to say thanks for all the support. We're having a lot of fun doing this. Uh, we'll be doing our first live cast soon. No official announcement yet. But the live webcast is coming. We're still trying to work out the kinks. But um, for everyone who's everyone who's been supporting the show, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Please subscribe. Like we want them subscribers. We want people to come to the show. We're having so much fun doing it. And I'm loving the feedback right now. Right. And please comment. Please let us know. You know what you like about the show. What you don't like about the show. You know. Um, we got you know, thick skin. We can handle it. <laughs> yeah, we got a thick skin, you know, we're, we're doing this show for you, you know, it's for us, you know, we, we like getting together and kind of talking about movies and, and giving our reviews, giving our point of view, but it's really, uh, you know, we want you guys to enjoy the show and, and we'd love to hear your feedback. We want to know, you know, what we can do better and, yeah. and, and how and what, we can what make you want us to talk about, you know, want. I mean, we, we're, we're open to suggestions, whatever you want us to talk about, we'll talk about it. Right. So that being said, before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, ring that bell, spread this shit like syphilis. Please subscribe. So the USA, from Louisville to Syracuse to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerd Cage, are ya? Well... Before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! Ah! <laughs>